one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. So we all look back on the Attitude Era with rose-tinted glasses, even though on one episode, Kai and Ty tried to chop off Val Venus's pee-pee. Always remember that. Even the highest of highs have some shocking lows. But let's still have some fun with this because I am signed for What Culture. Please do hit that subscribe button. This is 10 Things You Learn Binge Watching the Attitude Era. Number 10, the shift to Raw is War was needed. Mostly because we got the iconic dun 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 riff that I still sing today just worked. Raw went to two full hours for the first time on the 3rd of February 1997 though, and soon after the whole look of the show changed. By the 10th of March, it was a totally different product with a new huge titantron, all the fireworks you can imagine, and the fact we now use the word war a lot. Or means violence or something. This wasn't an accident either. Vincent Mann was well aware that the old design looked out of date compared to WCW's Nitro, and that really, the WWF was falling behind. Fair play to the powers that be, however, as they did react, and almost overnight Raw had shifted from a cartoon to being adult must-see TV. That message didn't get crossed right away because it took a while, but you know the deal. That did happen eventually, as McMahon let into the whole anything can happen approach. Who knows what would have happened if they'd held out any longer. I don't think Duke the Dumpster Drozy was going to be the answer. Number nine, nobody could see anything because of the signs. It is a common chat now, but you don't really get it until you go back and watch this period. But my word, the amount of signs is ridiculous. How anybody could actually see the ring, I don't know, because 99% of people likely had a big piece of cardboard in their face for the entirety of the show. It's great if you're watching on TV because it brings a kind of atmosphere we'll never get back. But given some of these things are in the air constantly, poor old Bob, who just wanted to see some wrestling, was likely very upset. The best part is the years ticks over gets worse, or better depending how you look on it. By 1999, it feels like signs have taken over the human race and they are now attending wrestling shows. And I swear, some people have multiple boards to fling upwards, totally out of control. So there is a plus side for it calming down a bit because again, I can only imagine pivotal moments were missed by some as Brian 316 blocked their field of view. Truly is something else. Number 8 DX 2.0 with a better version of the group. So we can debate this forever, but if you watch things today, I think Triple H's post-Mania 14 rejig DX is the better of the two. The original incarnation with the game, Shawn Michaels and China helped bring in the Attitude Era, but in terms of storylines and the impact on the TV show, the arrival of Billy Gunn, the Road Dog, and X-Pac is what cements the whole faction. It was around this time when fans really gravitated towards them as well, and the suck it cat trays became more of a ha-ha rather than please suck my genitals. That's what it meant too, don't forget. Hence why when kids started crotch chopping and shouting that at their parents, the 
WWF was swiftly banned in many a household. It also sparked a feud with a nation which, while very controversial today, was loved during the late 90s. And if we're being totally honest, the first attempt does feel like it's there to help Michaels, as opposed to a stable being a stable. Everybody got over here and became a bigger superstar thanks to it too. And if you need the real evidence, head to the summer of 1998. As good grief they are, beloved. Maybe even more so than you remember. Number 7, Austin vs. McMahon at SummerSlam 98. Now this didn't happen as we know. Steve Austin and Vince McMahon wrestled their first match on the 13th of April 1998 Raw, but it was more of an angle than a match. This was all intentional though, because the WWF was testing the waters and yup, there was a massive demand for it. It was why all of a sudden it felt like we were indeed going to do this at that year's SummerSlam. No reason not to, really. Come August, the audience was desperate to see the rattlesnake destroy the boss, and as the event was going to be live from Madison Square Garden, why the flub not? I can't really give you the answer because instead we did go with Austin versus The Undertaker. Now, I can't take too many shots at this because as a child, I was so excited about this clash, I faked a sick day to get it off school. When you do get in the time machine, it seems bizarre everybody wasn't more obvious with this. He's right there. As it turned out, we'd pulled the trigger at the St. Valentine's Day Massacre pay-per-view in early 1999. While that still sent people crazy, I tell ya. If you ask me if it felt a little bit too late, my answer would be yes. Maybe McMahon just didn't think he could do a proper match, which was true, but he always made it work now. Number six, Raw really has great matches. The term great matches is debatable, but in terms of what we get today, we're spoiled. You get five-star classics on a weekly basis, be it on WWE, AEW, or New Japan TV. That wasn't the same in the late 90s. Raw didn't really care about having these kinds of bangers. It wanted to take you on a roller coaster ride and supply you with all the moments you could handle. That's why there's so many good YouTube clips featuring Steve Austin, The Rock, Vince McMahon, Kane, The Undertaker, Mankind, DX, and the rest of them. If you do go back through both 1998 and 1999, there's only a handful of Raw matches that feel impressive. The big reason for this is because most only go two minutes before there's some sort of DQ. That is by design, though, as everybody is desperate to get to the next promo or backstage skit. That's the bread and butter. So in terms of in-ring action, there is no question today that it is better. And yes, that includes modern-day Raw. I know you're going nuts, but go and find out for yourself. Number 5, SmackDown Diluted Raw In April 1999, the WWF trialed SmackDown, and surprise, surprise, it was a massive success. Of course it was. It meant come August, we were going to go ahead with this, and great. More content when the wrestling world was on fire. Sounds good to me. The problem looking back now is I don't think the company was totally prepared for this. And trying to stretch out angles across the reek rather than in one evening is apparent almost instantly. Head writer Vince Russo also left soon after this due to the extra workload and tensions with McMahon. And you can see that on the screen too. Sometimes it feels a bit like nobody cared. The beauty is no one realized it back then, which is all that mattered. But with your retrofitted glasses on from a 2023 world, it's quite clear what happened here. We jumped in mostly because WCW had thunder, but look. 24 years on, SmackDown is still an absolute beast. Or would you get there in the end? I don't think it massively matters. Number four, the Radicals were doomed. Now, don't get me wrong. When Dean Malenko, Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit, and Perry Saturn jumped ship to the WWF, it was a flipping big deal. Fans always loved a good switcheroo, but when you see the foursome turn up in 2000, you already know. Because while Benoit had clearly been earmarked for things and Eddie Guerrero was going to get his chance, San Malenko were left out to dry just because, you'd assume, Vince McMahon didn't see much in them. It's why the boss felt like he had to manufacture this, hence why Dean became James Bond and Perry fell in love with a mop. 
that was a punishment, but it all tied in. McMahon didn't trust them, which was the same for Eddie at first. He just got too good to deny after a while. With your wrestling brain turned on, though, go and watch this and say you don't see it, though. You most definitely will. Number three, Mick Foley is the only good commissioner. Mostly as the rest were kind of just there to be there. For example, when Shawn Michaels was the commissioner, he wasn't really the commissioner. He was better than Sergeant Slaughter, but only because his name value was bigger. But in terms of being involved with the storyline, neither ever really did much of anything. They were just a floating presence if we needed an angle to make sense. When Mick Foley took it on, he clearly wanted to make it his own, and he did. He was not only a joy week to week, but because he was playing a babyface role, there is so much relief to this after all the McMahon-dominated angles. To be honest, whoever came up with it deserves a prize. As soon as Mick is in charge, Raw gets an obvious lift. He's also genuinely hilarious when there's room for it, and everything we did with Edge, Christian, and Kurt Angle should be in a museum. Just excellent. Number two, there were genuinely funny moments. And arguably, WWE is not as good as such ideas today as they were back then. I mean, we all know that Vince McMahon loves toilet humor. Do with that what you will. But it's the freedom of the performers that makes this work. Steve Austin and Kurt Angle running around like idiots in 2001 still holds up today. And Deborah deserves a mention here too. Her constant eye-rolling makes the silliness even better. I mean, what are these morons doing? SmackDown seems to have the lion's share of these, but Raw is certainly not struggling for them. And it did kind of feel like we lent more in this direction during the Attitude Era than maybe we do now. I suppose you need the talent in order to get these work. But I, for one, would welcome more of these. You know the deal. Four words. Goofy wrestling for life. Number one, Steve Austin wasn't missed in 2000. And that doesn't mean the WWF wouldn't have been better with him. It would have done. But given how big of a star he was, it's a feather in the cap of everyone else that when he is out with a serious neck injury, the show basically keeps on ticking over. Barely misses a beat. Episodes of Raw continue to fly by using the same template as before. But as planned, The Rock is given a proper push. Triple H makes his mark. Whereas The Undertaker continues to provide that link between the past and the future with a revamped character helping him stay relevant. If Austin had been there, who knows where the company would have gotten to. But it's not like if you watch it now, you have to suffer through 2000. You don't. The good ideas keep on rolling, which sums it up, I suppose. All those years ago, the World Wrestling Federation could do no wrong. Know of anything else we can learn by watching the Attitude Era? Please do leave a comment below and don't forget to like the video, share the video, and subscribe. Then head over to whatculture.com where you can read yourself some articles. Please do follow us on social media at whatculture.wwe and Simon316. And if you would like to read more of these articles with your eyes, we have a bunch of them at whatculture.com. My name is Simon for What Culture. Thank you very much for joining me as always. You take care of yourself, my friends, and I will talk to you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.